For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. The third Buffalo takeaway today. An end zone throw. That's going to be a Buffalo touchdown to Gabriel Davis. But he's got the blocks. John Brown zooming inside the five. First and goal, Buffalo. Plenty of time for Josh Allen. Wide open. End zone. Touchdown, Buffalo Bills. This is the Buffalo Nerd with Colt Schroeder. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. As you can see, uh, you're fortunate enough to uh, not have a solo, just me by myself again. Uh, we get joined by another special guest this week for episode three. I'm joined by uh, Mr. Dana Lane. He's over there, actually. Um, and so what's pretty cool about uh, how this worked out is when I reached out to Dana to ask him to come onto the show, um, you know, because the show is all about charities and stuff. His actual charity that he chose for this being episode three uh, actually is three square organization which is pretty cool that it mapped out that way but so you can see uh, i'm obviously joined today by uh, dana lane uh, mr lane sir why don't you uh, go ahead and let the, the folks know who you are kind of uh what you do and you know we'll get started sure well cold i appreciate you having me on a uh, obviously i love to talk sports but it's really unique that you give people the opportunity to talk about different charities and uh, i think there's a ton here in vegas that really have stepped up and we'll talk about one of those later but uh, for me personally, I, I'm a Las Vegas-based handicapper. I've been in this town for 28 years, 24 of them as a professional handicapper. I'm also the play-by-play play-by-play uh, uh, broadcaster for UNLV Hockey. I contribute to the Las Vegas Review Journal, write for various websites, wa- uh, work for PickDogs.com. Um, you know, basically, I wake up every single day, and it's always something different. But the bottom line is, I spend a lot of time analyzing sports and you know, really trust in my gut about a lot of things because the longer you've been in this industry, the more you're able to, you know, kind of trust yourself. And I I think that's the one thing where people really go wrong when they try to, you know, go to the window for the first time to bet on sporting events is, you know, they're they're listening to their head and their heart, but not their gut. And the gut is what is going to really get you into the win column a lot more than than the loss column. Right. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, You sound like you might be a little busy then. 
Right. Like uh, with all these things that you're doing, you know, as we started chatting a little bit more and you're telling me more about yourself, uh, you're also, you were a veteran as well, right? I um, mean, yes. you uh, served, you know, you served um, and you're uh, a New Yorker originally. Is I that am. Correct? I was yeah, thinking you, about that today. So you're, you're in Buffalo and we used to, and I'm from uh, central New York around the Albany area. And, right. but we went out to Buffalo. I mean, I can't tell you out to Darien Center for concerts and, you know, back in the day where I used to be considered an athlete, we'd go out there for state baseball tournaments. And, you know, so I, I have a little bit of history out, out your way, but um, yeah, that's awesome. Certainly, certainly the state of New York is, has been far behind me for many years. Right. Absolutely. And I'm actually, I'm in Sacramento currently, but oh, yeah, I grew, okay. I, so I grew up, yeah. And what I grew up right outside of Darien actually in the small town of Fillmore in Allegheny County. So yeah, Darien was, uh, you know, the hot spot. So I've been there. So that's funny. So it's very cool. And uh, like you mentioned, um, the reason, you know, this is the Buffalo nerd because I am a bit into numbers myself, right? I was actually, um, as we were getting ready to chat, you were telling me you just finished your grind for the day, basically of what you're going to try to accomplish today. Right. As I was thinking to myself, who am I giving my money today to, right? You know, like as when I go ahead and mess this up and try to look at numbers myself. So I wanted to really bring on somebody that's really good at it. Um, you obviously, you write, you know, for the review, um, you're, you know, you if you go and you look at, you can see the ticker, uh, you know, for those of you going to be watching this and, you know, seeing this on YouTube, uh, you know, the website where you can kind of, you know, get on board with what Dana does, um, kind of see his record about how good he really is at this. I mean, this is no small task to win at this, this game of gambling, right? I mean, it's, it's very that's difficult. Um, but so that's kind of a little bit about Dana, which brought him here to me today. And, you know, as the other part of the show is really all about, um, you know, we want to chat charities and find out cool things that's going on. And, you know, it's not cool things necessarily in Buffalo all the time, but everywhere, you know, and, you know, the Bills Mafia, I know we're present in Vegas. Uh, you know, there's a Vegas Bills Ma- Mafia backers group there in Vegas. So there's present. I have a good buddy of mine that lives in Vegas that, uh, you know, I hate I know he's still a Bills fan, right? So it's there. So let's let's touch a little bit on three squared, right? So you reached out and you know, I said, Dana, who do you want to chat about? You know, who's the charity that Dana wants to back and he wants everybody to know about? And you uh, you know, you sent over three square. So I looked up three square and uh three square is doing incredible things. I mean, it's it's huge what they're actually doing. Uh, the video you sent me today, which you guys will be able to find in the show notes, there's going to be a link to that. Uh, they're doing incredible stuff. But Dana, just why don't you kind of break down a little more? I mean, you're there, you're right next to what they're actually doing, um, you know, why you wanted to chat about them and, and what they're up to. Well, you know, interesting enough about this organization, I've always known about them. But with my wife being a teacher, of course, they were instrumental. I mean, almost instantaneously after uh, you know, last March when COVID really hit and, you know, there was a lot of families in this town. We went from 4% unemployment to almost 33% unemployment. And, and when the casino shut down, I mean, that was, I mean, it was through the roof. So a lot of people were wondering, you know, where's my next meal coming from? And, you know, they stepped right up. In fact, they were at my wife's school, uh, basically the next day or the or two days later. Now, you know, thankfully we were fine. But there was a little bit of a panic because we were thinking, well, where's milk coming from? Because if you went to the store, there was no eggs, you know. And, you know, I remember the day she brought home eggs because somebody gave eggs to her. And I'm like, wow, that is I mean, that, that was we were very thankful, even though, you know, it, it probably could have, um, you know, gone somewhere else. But everybody eventually got everything. But it was just it was great that 
they were stepping up for everybody. I mean, they weren't asking, you know, where did you come from? And, you know, how much are you making? It was like everybody who came there and she was there to volunteer, which is why, you know, she was able to get the eggs. But, you know, they they stepped up for all the families here. And the one thing, no matter what we ever had to go through as a city, nobody had to wonder where their next meal was coming from. All they had to do was reach out to uh, out to three squares. And they were, I think the day after, you'll see in the video, the day after, you know, COVID really hit and really took effect. They had 7,000 calls to their call center with families that were, you know, worried about where their next meal was coming from. And uh, the flip side of that, and why I love this city more than anything. And I know a lot of people think, well, it's a gambling town and this happens and that happens. But but at the heart of it, when you live here and the, and the people that actually, you know, work in this town, I've never been in a town where people gave more than they did in this town. In fact, there was almost 15,300 people that gave new new people that donated to three squares after COVID hit. And that was in, in addition to the 53,000 that, that uh, donate on a regular basis. So this town stepped up again, as they do for Thanksgiving and at Christmas. And, you know, it was no surprise that they did it in this time of need, but what a, what a tremendous organization that, the, that they are. And they've been doing this for years. So it was no surprise that they were the first ones to actually step up. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Cause you keep mentioning they've been doing it for a few years. It's not somebody that just came into the game here recently during COVID, right? They, as I was going back, they've been doing this for a while now. And you know, when you, you should watch this video that's you're going to see the link to this video. Cause it's the, the folks that are running the show are very inspiring. Uh, you know, they just, as you listen to them, you can, you can hear them, you know, the, them choking up in the voice that it, it matters to them. You know, it truly does matter what they're doing. And, you know, some of the numbers, like you mentioned, the unemployment rate was skyrocketing. You know, I don't, I think a lot of people, like you said, think of Vegas, they think of gambling and everything, but they don't realize how many jobs the casino provides for the local people, right? Like when you shut down a casino, you're talking about everybody from cleaning the rooms clear down to you know running the book and doing everything i mean that's tons and tons of jobs so you see this huge spike and they immediately just were like no problem we got this yeah. you know we'll take care of it you know and if you you go to the site there'll be links uh, to directly donate to three square in the show notes and everything when this is out for everybody um go there and you know find out a little bit about what they do i know i know that you know not everybody's in nevada right you know i get that you know but this is taking place in a lot of different places around the country, right? And it's just nice that there's organizations like this out there. So whether you can support three square because you're in a position that you can, or this should strike you to now maybe look in your local community to see if there's an organization that's doing the same thing there, because, you know, like what we're seeing in Texas right now and things like that, there's places like that, that struggle, but overall three square was, if you see before COVID, they were accomplishing amazing things. Like they were taking to, I think some of the rates of people having food, you know, three meals a day were down to like astronomically low numbers to where the people were guaranteed to have food. Like they're doing an incredible job and their goal is to wipe out, you know, making sure that if you are in that city, or if you're in that Southern area, Nevada, you have a meal. You know, you have a meal no matter what. It's there. Just come and ask us for it. Right. So I I mean, I watched the video not knowing much about them and it immediately made me just be like, "You, this is awesome. It's incredible what they're doing. Right. And that's what this was 
for me, this, that's what I wanted to see too, is like, I wanted to find some of these really cool things that are happening out there because, you know, that's, I'm into that, you know, that's what I like. And uh, so I think they're, what they're doing is incredible. Obviously right now um, it's a huge, huge help because of what they're doing with, you know, COVID and everything and having to distribute meals in different ways and more volunteers, like you talked about the call center uptick in calls, right? So they, they had to transition and they did a phenomenal job. It looks like from, you know, that aspect of making sure that through a crisis, people were still taken care of no matter who you, who you were, like you mentioned, right? It's, they, they're not asking questions. It's, you need to eat. No problem. You you're here. You need to eat. We've got you. You're taken care of, right? So awesome organization, you know, uh, check them out, back them up if you can, you know, send it to friends, you know, get it out in front of other people. You know, that's also what this is about is just making sure that we spread this around because yeah, maybe you don't have the money to donate, but you might get it out in front of somebody that can, you know, spend some money or put some money towards that organization. Or like you said, your wife volunteers, maybe some local bills backers can give up a couple hours of their time, you know, to help out and, you know, do their part too. So there's plenty of ways to help. So well, awesome organization. Add, yeah, go ahead. Add to, uh, to that cold. I mean, it wasn't only them. I mean, it was the casinos as well. And, you know, the casinos didn't have, you know, when they shut down, they had all this food that was either going to get thrown away or they had to donate it. And they were instrumental in getting the, their food into the hands of three square, which also was able to get it into the hands of the people that needed it. And, you know, you brought up, well, maybe you don't live in Vegas. Well, here's something to think about when you come to Las Vegas and everybody's got a little piece of Vegas in them. That's why the Golden Knights are so popular across the country. Everybody's got a little bit of, of Vegas in them because they've been here before and they always have a great story and a great time and, you know, a little bit of a memory. And, you know, if you want your experience to be the same as you remember it, you know, it does help when you're putting food on the table for somebody until they can get back into their job. Because, you know, if you don't if you don't do that, then, you know, these people might move away and, and you know, there might be a shortage of people actually able to maintain the hotels, which would directly affect your experience. So uh, I know we're reaching a little bit, you know, maybe on those things. But, you know, guys, even though you don't live in this town, I mean, <laughs> this this is an experience for everybody and everybody is a has come here and had a great time. Well, you have a good time because, you know, those people bust their tail to make sure that everything was just right for you to come and let loose. Well, now they need your help and, you know, maybe you can give back to them a little bit. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you want to go have some fun. You need a place to have fun. Right. So, and the other piece of that too, is you kind of, you know, gambling gets a bad rap because I see that you go to three square and one of their main, you know, people that are sponsoring them and helping them out is the gaming commission, right? You know, they're, they're putting in here in California or even, you know, just the lottery, you know, overall, I know it's like, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you don't want people wasting their money on it. Like the possibility of this big sum of money being theirs, but a lot of that money goes to schools and it goes to things that are helping out and doing big things. Right. So having organizations like, the gaming commission work directly with people that are directly impacted in their communities is huge right and so like you mentioned you know i like vegas i want to go back to the fun that vegas is you know and you don't realize it until it's gone right and everybody's now seen what it's like when it's gone and it's nowhere near as much fun right like everybody and their brother wants to go and get out of here i mean march madness is coming up i mean there's mm-hmm. there's spectacles that are supposed to be drawing you to that location right so this is just the opportunity to make sure that you you help out you can right you know not only will you be putting money into the community by show up you know make sure that everybody in that community can be taken care of too right i think that's all that this is really about and you know 
you know, it sounds like, you know, kind of on a soapbox a little bit, but it's a good cause. It's everywhere's, you know, and like Dana said, you know, we do all have a piece of Vegas in you know, one way or another. We're all going to end up going there now to watch the our team play against the Raiders in this awesome new stadium, right? So you're gonna want you're gonna be back there at some point. So make sure you can be there, right? So yeah, no doubt about it. And the other thing too, Colt, you know, in relation to all that we've gone through in the last year, I mean, Vegas is, you know, slowly but surely, I mean, this city has had the lowest amount of new COVID cases last week than we had uh, since the first week of September. And so that's that's really moving forward. And if you look at the numbers on a daily basis and you can see below 300 or below 400, that's a lot of progress because I know it's not a lot by comparison to other states, but not too long ago, we had 3,000 new cases. So something is working, something is moving forward. We just got to keep on going that extra inch to make sure that these people are taken care of until they can get back into the jobs. Absolutely. Makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, I say it usually at the end of everything, you know, it's mask up. It's, you know, it's kind of an annoying thing that we all had to do in initially. Right. And I think as you've done it, it's kind of just like, okay, this isn't that bad. It's not that big of a deal. Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. You know, the, the reality and our normal hope is on the horizon that we're, we're going to get through this and we're going to come out on the other side and get, go, get to go back and do the things that we all enjoy and want to do. Right. Just hang in there a little longer, you know, be thankful. We got sports, you know, be th- thankful yeah. that the world's still turning, right? You know, be thankful that you're still breathing and, you know, hopefully everybody in your family is, you know, happy and healthy as well, you know, right? So obviously, uh, like I mentioned, the three square, all their info will be in the show notes, uh, links to everything so you guys can help them out directly, uh, you know, links to follow them on social, their YouTube, see everything that they've got going on. You know, uh, it's a great organization, you know, so you got everything available to them. So, uh, Unless you got anything else that you really want to talk about with Three Square, uh, you want to move into telling people how to help take down those big old monstrous <laughs> Vegas books over there. Because I, I would love to do that, right? Because that's that's what Dana is really good at, you know. Like, so I chatted with him a little bit because one of my main questions was like, so this is what you do. So what when you know? Because I think a lot of the time the perception is is it's always like it's you, you never want to go with the public right it's like when do you bet do you bet when the line comes out do you wait till the line well all the guys that are really good at it are going to move the line you know so there's like all these things going on so you beat all that it sounds like by getting up at like the crack of dawn and grinding for hours well, there's no doubt about it i mean and, and you really have to love what you're doing in order to make this uh being an effective industry for you you have to not get too high when you win and not get too low when you lose. And that's the one that, I mean, just the psychological uh, portion of, of wagering is something that you've got to be able to make sure that you can, you know, maintain, maintain a level head. I mean, before you even start looking at teams, you have to understand that, Hey, look, when you're not doing well, not only can this affect you, but it also affects the way that you treat your family. And you got to be able to separate this and, and, really look at it as if, hey, this is my business. And when my business is done, I go home and now that's my portion of my life. And that that really is the biggest thing. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Cole. I mean, I couldn't do what I, what I do without my wife. And mm-hmm. she is a, an amazing you know, backbone to everything I do. She allows me to, you know, spend hours to make sure that, you know, we can, we can grind out a profit. And, you know, I mean, hey, look, it took her a little bit for sure, because, uh, you know, everybody has their preconceived ideas about what I do, but, you know, once, you know, we've been together 10 years now. So now she knows that, Hey, I got to do certain things in order for us to be successful. And, 
Um, so that's, you know, just the psychological portion of it and the discipline portion of it is, you know, that's a huge mountain. And that's before we even get to bankroll and managing your bankroll and then being able to, you know, actually pick teams and, and know what you're looking for on a daily basis. Because this is a time of year, Cole. I mean, normally when college basketball is, you know, insane, I mean, there's 100 right. games on a weekend. And then, you, you know, at some point you got you have the NHL and you have uh, the NBA and you have NFL. And, and, you know, Major League Baseball is going to be starting up here in April, which runs into NBA and NHL as well. Um, and you've got to be able to decipher and have a plan about what you're going to do or you will be overwhelmed. And so that's, you know, that's really the everything in a nutshell. But, you know, being disciplined, your bankroll is huge. And, and I, I say that because you got to understand how to manage it. And, and where people get in trouble is, you know, say they lose $100 on a game. Well, you know, the next the next inkling is for them to bet 200 on the next one or 400 on the next one. And that's where people really get in trouble. Uh, you got to be okay with the losses and you got to be, uh, just okay with the wins because, you know, you're one losing streak around the, around the corner. And, you know, for me, after all this time I've done this, I really have come up with um, a mathematical approach, an analytical approach, which does two things for me. Number one, it keeps me in check as far as my bankroll is concerned. And secondly, it also takes emotion out of it. Now, I've been doing this long enough where I can decipher Hey, look, I'm a, you know, I'm a Boston Bruins fan. I'm, you know, I think this about this team because I know them a little bit more. I'm a little bit more invested. Uh, but, but the numbers kind of keep me leveled so where I don't, you know, like last night when they played New Jersey, I mean, certainly you wouldn't think New Jersey would, would bounce up to bite the Bruins, but they did. Uh, I stayed away from it uh, just because of a couple of factors that the analytics allowed me to stay away from or told me to stay away from it. So, but, you know, Colt, really the bottom line is that any poker player will tell you this as well. They get to be a great poker player because they go through a lot of, uh, of negative experiences. And, they, and it's like it's really almost like a mi- mi- microcosm of life where you take your negative experiences and you say, OK, I can't do this again. And if I do, I'm going to it's becoming a trend in order to be successful. You have to quickly identify what you've done. Uh, to make you unsuccessful and make sure that you don't do those things again. And again, it's like I, you know, I tell my kids a lot, listen to your gut. Your gut will tell you what is right and what is wrong. You know, it, it's difficult when you're looking at a losing night to sit back and say, oh, God, I, you know, I got three games left and I really want to play this last game. So at least I could break even or maybe a little bit of head ahead and I can go to bed happy. And that's where really a lot of people get in trouble. If those games were not on your board to begin with, don't put them on your board just because you want to go to bed, you want to go to bed happy. Right. Yeah. It's funny. Cause uh, I think like you mentioned, a lot of people don't view it as like, I guess I would call it a legitimate profession, profession, right. But excuse me, but like, to me, it's the same as playing the stock market, right. Except it's just a, it's a daily, it's a daily game, right. It's just a, it's a daily thing where you have the ability to mathematically look at something and look at history and the present and put numbers in your head to come up with a decision, you know, that, you either put money towards it or you don't. But yeah, for me, like uh, the longest, it's funny that you brought up that game last night because I actually had New Jersey, you know, plus the one and a half, you know, because they've been playing very tight with everybody, yep. right? They So 
that was a plus for me yesterday, which is a rarity, right? A, ver a, a, ver a very rare. NHL is like an Achilles heel for me almost. But like a lot of that, like you talked about, is lessons learned was you don't, like I don't care anymore about, I'm not invested into the game any more than the numbers told me that was the right place to go. Or I convinced myself that the numbers were telling me the right, that's the way I needed to go. Right. I don't, I don't bet the bills really. You know, I don't, I don't put that into play ever, hardly ever, because yeah. I don't, I don't put any of that kind of stuff into it. To me, it's, it's a mathematical thing. Right. And I think if you, if you want to be, because what's, what's the rate that they say, like maybe 53, 54% of you oh, could be profitable. Yeah, it's under just under 53. Is it 52 and some change? Yeah, 52 and some change. So you've got to hit half the time, but to hit half the time against a professional, right? Because that's what the book is. It's a professional right. who's trying to beat you, right? Or at least get enough people to believe each side of it to make sure that it doesn't cost them anything except for the price of them putting the number up, right? right um, yeah. But yeah, so it, I, so, but for me, do you, so you kind of mentioned all those, you hit every, you still do every sport as everything's going, you, you still are playing through every sport. You don't kind of hammer down like as March is rolling in, do you kind of just shift your focus to college basketball only, or do you still are just looking for what you believe is the best value for you? Um, I, I go in with my strengths for sure. Um, I'll be honest with you. I started off with college basketball this year. And I, again, I, I'm able to step back and say, Hey, look, I just can't get a handle on this. And of course, and most of that has to do with COVID. Usually I'm exceptional in college basketball, but that just hasn't been the case this year. And I found myself being very good at the NBA just because it was a lot less volatile than college basketball. Some of these teams, you know, how do you play off of a two-week layoffs? I mean, how, how right. do you handicap that? How do you handicap what's going on in the locker room? And it's more volatile because you're you're dealing with children. You're, you're basically, you're not dealing with adults like you are in the NBA. So they handle things a lot differently and they process things differently. So it's very difficult to, you know, put a proper um, analysis on a team because you don't know where their head is on that night in and night out. And that's just for me. You know, some guys, uh, you know, some guys are all over it for sure. But for me, it was much easier for me to say, okay, I'm going to deal with the NBA. I'm going to deal with the NHL because these are, you know, professionals. And I know that, you know, what they're going to be for the most part on a daily basis, but uh, college basketball, I just said, you know what, we're, we'll see you again next year. I'm going to make a lot of money in the NBA, which we've done, but um, you know, you got to know when to walk away as well. Just, you got to know when not to, when you don't have it, you know, for instance, you know, Duke has always been a, a team that you would look for, especially when they were getting a short number. And this is this is just was a, a team that wasn't in it mentally this year at all. So, you know, I mean, their record indicated that North Carolina is the same way. Record indicated heads just not in. It doesn't mean they don't have the athletes they are just not in it on a daily basis. And when your head coach, Mike Krzyzewski, comes out and says, hey, look, I don't think we should play this year or I'm not for playing this year. You know, that's really a message that you're sending your kids. So now what do you got after saying something like that? You got Mike Bray in Notre Dame saying things like, hey, I hope we we'll see how many games we play this year. And I hope we do this and I hope we do that. In the meantime, we're just going to have fun. Well, I've been following Notre Dame basketball long enough to know that Mike Bray is saying, hey, look, kids, we have no idea what's coming around the corner. We're just going to roll the ball out. We're going to play hard every single night. And we're going to hope that we you know, are on the winning end of, of most nights. So it's really difficult to handicap um, teams like that. Now, if I wanted to get back into it, I'm sure I could do much better right now just because there are some teams that have played a number of games, and now you're kind of really trying to get a feel 
you can get a feel for who they are. But for the first two, three weeks of the season, I had no idea who these teams were, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, they're doing it like you mentioned, they're playing a lot. Some teams aren't playing at all. Or, and then some teams are playing a lot and then they're playing a lot of back to back against the same team now, which you wouldn't do typically, which makes right. it very difficult yeah. to be like, well, you would anticipate that a back to back, unless one team is really that much better than the other, it would be almost a split or at least the number would fall to where they would cover one side of it. Either way you would think, but to me, yeah, college basketball has been nuts because a lot of the teams that you would even think are kind of like the ones that you typically would follow that are kind of like the upset kind of teams that you feel like they get undervalued just because of where they play, what conference they're in or whatever. Mm -hmm. They typically are very good and you can get into, you know, like the, some of the long beach States of the past where you could follow a wave like that. But all those waves seem to be disrupted by the way that like, to me, it almost makes me like, do you use a lot of historical numbers that you're used to or do you just stay no. here and now with what you're seeing i have a really what i think is a great saying and i i completely made it up and i'm really proud of myself I, numbers only tell you where they've been they'll never tell you where you're going and i never really apply numbers to what i've seen you know like some sometimes you'll hear guys say well in you know, the last 10 games you know this team has beaten this team eight of the last 10 games well Okay, I can take a little bit from that. I can take maybe the intangible. But when your last 10 games goes back, you know, like the beginning of the, of the season and seven of those were last last year and the players have all changed and the, maybe the dynamic have changed, the cultures have changed. I mean, it, it means absolutely nothing. So I really don't try to take too much from what I just saw and apply it to what I'm going to see. And the, the one thing that a lot of people don't take into account is yeah, there's prof they're, they're professional athletes or they're all American athletes, but they're also professional coaches. Even at the college level, I really feel like these guys are, are professional coaches. So you can't say what you, you can't take what you just saw and apply it to the next game because these coaches who are paid a lot of money to make sure that you know they make the proper adjustments are going to do so. That's why you see one team. You know, one night, you know, they're putting up 120 points in the NBA, and the next night they're putting up 105 against the same team. Well, it's called defensive adjustments. It's also, <laughs> called, also called, you know, guys are just feeling better one night to the next. Right, you know, yeah, so they just got their asses handed to them the night before, and they're right. like, we're not doing that again today, right? right? right. Like, exactly. we get paid to play this game, right? Yeah, so, yeah. but, and I think that with a lot of the teams not even playing their games this year in college and things like that, it loses its luster a little bit, right? Like, when you're going to have this March Madness and you're going to have this national champion, well, I mean, was it truly the national champion? Because, like, not every team in the nation played, right. Or played the same amount or had the same, you know, so yeah. I, I just, I know like some of these folks that use like mathematical stuff where they're following ag, you know, the algorithms and things of that nature. I wonder what a year like this does to all of that numbering that, you know, all the data they've been putting in because it's been so sporadic this year yeah. with the way that all those trends that you would typically see that this team's great on the road against this and this it's like, well, how do you know any longer? Because what did they do last time they had, 14 days off and then they played one game and then they played them on the second day. And like, you know, it's, they're playing a lot of weird scheduling too. So it just makes me wonder if for, for those types of people that really follow that, if there's going to be this big change in what they do, but it sounds like you've just kind of have your experience and what you really kind of just are looking yeah. for on your daily is more your vibe. Well, I, I wrote an article for a website recently and they asked me, well, what's the difference between uh, the stock market, the lottery and playing and sports betting. And, you know, as I was writing, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, that 
you know, the lottery is kind of a lot of what people do. Uh, you know, I know guys, it's, it's these analytics that people are using to apply to sporting events. Um, it, it really is no different than somebody taking an average of numbers in the lottery and saying, well, this is what's going to happen because this is the average of what has happened. It, it really doesn't make any difference. And it's not a great way to handicap things, you know, especially when we're talking about totals, you know, you can have a two, one game in the NHL, but the pace of play was up and down the ice. I mean, they were in each other's offensive zones. There wasn't a lot of neutral zone tie-ups. Um, you know, you can see the access into each other's offensive zones. It resulted in 60 shots on that, but it was a 2-1 game because both goaltenders were hot. Well, a lot of people will say, geez, 2-1, total today is 6. Well, that seems ridiculous. I'm going to go under. Well, yeah, but you didn't watch why or how it got to that point where, you know, pace of play has almost more to do with or has much more to do with uh, the outcome of what's going to be rather than what a previous score was between the two teams. Yeah, the NHL to me is very difficult, especially now even the way that they're playing, right? Their divisions have changed up this season a little bit, so they're playing against teams that they wouldn't typically play as much, right? So it to me, it's been very tough to see because that's the, the over-under in the NHL is such a challenging thing. And then it makes me feel like the one and a half is like – why would you never just not take one and a half, right? Like uh, if you go and look at scores of hockey games, they typically are within like two goals of each other a lot of the times. So it's like why you could probably bet most of the time the one and the half and be very successful. But if you go and actually watch it take place, no, then you get a 4-1 game. You get you get 5-1, you get 5-2, you get the NHL is a, a weird, weird sport. Like I feel like you have to like really be deep, deep in the NHL to be really good at it. Well, the one thing about the NHL is if you continuously take those one and a half, you're not going to have success because in order to get one and a half, you're laying sometimes, you know, 220 money. Yeah, big money. If you, if you lose $230 just to win 100, you're going to have to win three more games just to overcome that. That's 75%. And, you know, to me, when we're dealing with money lines, I want to be somewhere around that 55, 60% range. Uh, in order to be successful, I don't want to be in a position where I have to win three more games just to overcome a, a two dollar and twenty cent loss. Mm. See, that's the kind of stuff that like is all your bankroll related stuff, right? That, yes. That's all part of that for you, right? So it's important to. So do you? You're then because uh, I've heard both sides of it, where some people say just pick a set amount and you just go with that set amount, and that's your bet for every bet that you do. Or do you go more of like what I'm seeing by number wise dictates what I'm going to do as far as my bet. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth on that. I mean, I what I do is I divide my total bankroll up into um, into a you know I divide it into a, a fraction, and then um, that's the money that I use to kind of try to build. Now, if I lose that fraction of my bankroll, I still have a lot of bankroll left. Uh, but the idea is to grow your seed into a into a flower, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, that's okay because I got a great garden besides this one flower. That's kind of my um, that's kind of my philosophy behind it. Sometimes I'll do a percentage if I feel a little bit better about a team. Uh, sometimes I will only, uh, I'll, it depends on where I want my bankroll to be. You know, keep in mind too, when you're trying to maintain a household and you're trying to maintain your living, you also have to make sure that, you know, you make a certain amount on a daily basis. So you kind of weigh those, but no matter what, what the outcome is and what you uh, determine uh, after looking at both of those factors, you never want to get too he- ahead of yourself uh, or too greedy because, you know, a, a bad day because you were greedy 
uh, could set you back three more. Now, I never mind losing, but I don't want to lose because I, I went outside my box and my area that I'm uh, used to being fenced in. And, and that fence is there to keep me, to protect me from me. And, and when I go outside of that, yeah, I could win. I could win bigger and I put myself ahead. But is it really worth it in the long run? Uh, to lose one game and then have to win three more just to make up for that loss. Stay right. within yourself. That's that's the key. So you have like a like a daily goal, a weekly goal. Will you will you bet every day that there's a game? Do you look for something every single day, or do you oh, yeah. go days where you won't play? No, no. I I mean, uh, you know, there are days that I won't. I mean, I I work for two websites that require me to put up games on a daily basis, which I have no problem doing. Um, so I always have an opinion on something every day. Now it's kind of funny. I mean, we just got through with the Super Bowl, and you know, I always tell my clients all the time, it's like, yeah, I know you want to bet the Super Bowl, I get it, but they don't pay you anymore just because you won the Super Bowl. I really like this NBA game, or I really like this NHL game going on at the same day. You know, is it about winning or is it about playing? And if it's about playing, then you have no business being involved in it even any more than a you know a passing interest here and there. Uh, but if you want to be serious about it, the Super Bowl doesn't get my blood boiling any more than a you know a weekday Rangers Devils game uh, when I really feel like I have an advantage. Right. That's funny because uh, I would have thought this year too, and I didn't get involved in the Super Bowl. But to me, it felt like there was only one side to take in this Super Bowl, no matter yeah. what. Right. And I yeah. mean, why you would go the other way against Brady is, I mean, it just didn't feel right, especially at like a three and a half number. I was like, there's, I just don't feel like this is going to be a shellacking by any one of these teams is the way I was going into it. You know, so I felt, felt like Brady was going to keep it close either way, but I still couldn't convince myself to just do it. You know, even though I, I for like two weeks was like, there's no way he's not going to be in this or he's probably going to win this. Right. You know, so so that kind of transitions me. I wanted to ask you a little bit about do you ever mess around with um, playing any of the season totals and things of that nature? Do you get involved in the MVP odds like when they put them out early? Because I it you know, they Vegas, which. I kind of wanted to touch on is like how good they are at this. Right. Or yeah. I guess it's probably not just like one individual, right. It's a group of people that are coming up with this number, or maybe it starts with one individual's belief and a group of people back that up. And that's how we get the number. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I mean, to me, it, it feels like a little bit like, is that how they do it for sure? Like, I don't well, know. 100%. There's a misconception and, and this is not to be derogatory to anybody who makes the numbers, but, Honestly, their only goal is really just to get equal action and, and have an idea of, you know, which, you know, what, what team or what number is going to create equal action. Honestly, if you look in a typical college basketball, um, you know, Saturday, if you go through the games and, you know, you point out the ones that are within three to five points of the point spread, it's really not that much. I mean, they're, they're on with some, they're not on with others. I mean, you know, typically when Duke is playing North Carolina, I want to put a five up on, on Duke. I mean, that doesn't take a lot of knowledge to, to know that that's probably a good number that's going to get equal action on both sides. Uh, but, the, you know, the stories come when, you know, somebody gets beat by a half or somebody gets beat by one, you know, and that's where people think, oh, wow, they know something and this and that. Well, yeah, they, they do know something. They're professionals just like anybody else at their job, but they don't talk about the you know, the game that was, uh, you know, the, the favor was an eight point favor and ended up, ended up being a 30 point game. They were nowhere near that, uh, nowhere near that number. But again, 
it's not about being near the number. It's about creating equal action, which they do very well. So basically the way it works and, you know, I have friends that have been odds makers before and they tell me, Hey, look, you know, you, you might have guys that are specializing in one sport and they'll, you know, throw out a number and then there will be the, the heads odds maker that will say, okay, this is a send out number. And then they'll send out that number to the books and then the books will adjust it from, you know, where they think their client base is. And again, uh, the odds makers are trying to get equal action on both sides, but then the bookmakers are also trying to get equal action on, on, on each side as well. So for instance, if a number on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders goes out, Raiders three and a, we'll say, um, you know, three and a half. Uh, well, you may, well, that's probably bad, but we'll, we'll say two, two is a better number because you want to get it off those key numbers. But uh, you know, the, the books may say, well, Hey, I, I think we're going to get a lot of Raider money. So in order to get some, uh, get some, you know, charger money or whatever, maybe we'll move it to three and we'll put it right on that key number. And it probably will not move off that key number so we can get equal action because we're in Vegas. And I know a lot of people are going to come in and they're going to bet, uh, they're going to bet Las Vegas because it's only a two point spread. Three makes you, it's a little bit different because now you're dealing with a field goal and that's where they, they will adjust. But if you're in another state, well, you don't have a lot of Raider betters coming in, so you might keep it at that two or maybe bump it up to two and a half. So it just really depends on clientele. Gotcha. So would you bet something like some of these uh, MVP odds that just uh, came out? Yeah, Honestly, no. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why is, again, it's it's just they're fun. Uh, it's like when, when the Super Bowl props come out, I'm not really in it. I get asked all the time about which ones that I like. I'm not really invested in it because, again, that's not my business model. My business model is to stay within my fence, to bet, you know, the, the way that I feel like is going to be most beneficial to me financially. And really, these prop bets are just, you know, they're, they're fun bets. And that's that's really the only way that they should be treated. But, you know, to sit there, especially with baseball and say, well, who do you think is you know, going to be the MVP or who do you think is going to win a, a specific division? Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to go. Yeah, you know, I think the Dodgers, the Padres are going to win the West. Yeah, you're, you're probably going to be right about that. But, you know, a couple injuries here and there. And we know in the past that the Dodgers had, had injuries to their pitching staff. And, you know, what happens if a Tatis goes down? What, you know, what happens if, uh, you know, key guys go down in the, in the middle of a lineup? Now, all of a sudden, your big hitter doesn't have any protection. Well, you know, that could hurt you for, you know, two weeks or it could hurt you for two months, depending on the injury. So for me when I'm trying to manage my money, I don't want my money tied up that long. So I kind of shy away from those things, but uh, they're great. If you come to Vegas and you want, you know, you want to bring something home with you, the route for the whole season. And there's all kinds of options for you. But when you live in Vegas, I don't need to partake and I don't need to jump in that pool because I'm here every day and I don't need something to give me action all year long because where I, I'm from doesn't have sports betting. I have it every single day. Right. It's in your backyard, right? That's right. I like to look at it a little bit because uh, Vegas is usually kind of understands what's going on with the game, or at least they get a lot more insider knowledge than I'm sure I'm getting or whatever. So the things that I look at in the futures is who they're predicting as division winners more or less. But even this year in the NFL, it feels pretty straightforward on who you would be able to say is going to be the next kind of like division winner in each division. So which let's transition a little bit since this is, the Buffalo nerd. You can obviously tell by my background and things that I am a Bills fan. So let me ask you, Dana, uh, who's your team, NFL? Uh, who's your favorite team? 
Well, I mean, I, you know, look, I, I have to, uh, I have to be a Raider fan because that they're in my backyard. But honestly, I, I, I'm sure you're going to kick me off the podcast when I tell you that I grew up a Cowboy fan and I will probably die a Cowboy fan. But right. I do have a little room for the Raiders because it's it's difficult for me to uh, not root for my uh, you know my home team. Now I I have really good friends here that are huge Bills fans that yeah you know they do not move off of off of the Bills no matter what they don't move off the Bills they don't move off of the Sabers but. You know, I've been in this town 28 years. I don't want to sit here and root against my home team. So that's kind of that's kind of where I am. Now, if the Eagles moved into town, that'd be a little bit different. But, for, you know, it'd probably be different for you because you have another AFC team coming in. But, you know, the Raiders never really had a rivalry with them. So it's pretty easy to kind of at least wrap one arm around them. Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, growing up in Western New York, you have – well, you shouldn't have any other choice than to be come out a Bills fan, right? I mean, but yeah, I mean, going now that you've been in Vegas long enough, I feel like that's one of those locations that you could be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Raiders fan. And we're growing up, you know, near Albany, you would the only choices back then too would have been to be a Giants fan, and nobody wants to do that, right? So, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys, but I will not kick you off of the show because of that. But that's more just because as we transition into Bills, I'd like people to understand where your opinion's coming from, right? You're a Dallas Cowboys fan and how much do you actually watch the bills uh, i mean yeah, quite a bit i mean i don't watch them from start to finish i mean i i try to get through you know 15 games a week or whatever it is with the buys but you know i try to get it through them as quickly and form an opinion as much as possible but one of the things i i really like to do with a, you know in any sport is not just not listen to the national guys, but I listen to the beat writers and I, I read a lot of beat writers, you know, back in Buffalo. Uh, I know Mike Harrington is a, you know, been a tremendous writer for the Buffalo Sabres for years. And, you know, a lot of his stuff I, I, I read. And um, those are the guys that are in the locker rooms. I've been in these locker rooms. I know exactly, you know, those are the guys that really know and the national guys come in on the weekend and, you know, they need to do one broadcast and then they leave. So, Right. Uh, it's really about the local guys for me. That's uh, that's the most important. All right. So it's good to say, I figured you probably did watch more than the average person, even though it's not a, you know, you're not a fan of the team per se, right? Because yeah. you're just doing research to find out what, what the opportunities are going to be coming into the next weeks and everything like that. So with you actually having a strong, you know, look at what the team does, what do you think the bills are right now? Are they, are they the AFC East champ in your opinion for the next say five years with, what challenge from the dolphins maybe? Yeah. Well, five years is, is going to be tough, but I can tell you uh, they certainly are on top right now. I mean, they have to figure out what they're going to do uh, with Matt Milano. I mean, obviously when you take your best linebacker out of the lineup and, you know, potentially he's going to be, he's going to leave Buffalo. I mean, that's going to leave a, a big hole. Um, they were 12 and one with Milano and I know we didn't you know play a full schedule, but, uh, certainly when he is in the lineup, I mean, you can tell that they play with a lot more confidence. Um, I just don't think they're going to be in a position to, to match any offer that he's going to get. And of course you probably know that they're right up against the salary cap. And I, I think any moves that they do make on this team is not going to be, you know, to, to pay Milano. I think it's going to be to maybe shore up that offensive line. So uh, if they do that, I mean, that's got to be the focus because they've got to go back to the running game a little bit. You know, I realize that that's not really the, uh, you know, the forte of your your offensive coordinator there. And him and uh, Nick Saban got into it years ago about not running the ball. But 
you know, you do have some good backs there. And I think I'd like to see your, your offense become a little bit more balanced, but on a defensive side, you know, if they're, they're um, comfortable with AJ Klein, which, you know, it looks like that, that they are, uh, Milano will probably be on his way out. But I think that that offensive line, I mean, if they can get stronger across the line, I mean, boy, that's, that's going to be a real difficult team to beat in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Uh, the defensive line to me needs a bit help, you know, like uh, they need to figure out what's going on over there. There's way too much money being spent over there for the production that we're getting. And I get this defense isn't built to be like a big number defense, right? That's not necessarily the way that Leslie Frazier likes to roll. But I feel like for that kind of money, we needed a little more impact, especially with some of these decisions like you just mentioned that we're going to have to make. You know, Milano is going to be on his way out or you can try to let go of somebody that you brought in last year, maybe to keep them around. Uh, but yeah, to me, the offense, yeah, you got to run. I mean, yes, you don't, when Josh Allen's hot, you don't really want to take the ball out of his hands, but he can run too. Right. If you just want to do it designed, but I felt like this last year, we didn't get the backs involved enough, even though I'm not hundred percent sold on Singletary. I don't feel like we necessarily got the backs involved enough to let them get a rhythm to get going in the, the offensive line progressed, but we do definitely need to shore up the offensive line and make sure that it's a set piece for the future to roll with for at least a few years. Cause I continuity on the line to me on the offensive side of the ball is one of your hugest successes in being able to have a really good football team. I mean, that changes everything with what those guys do up front. What do you think about, um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say about Singletary. I mean, you got to find out. I mean, two years ago, I don't think there was any, I don't think anybody thought any different that he would carry the carry the load. Now I think, you know, people are questioning whether or not he can. In fact, you know, I think Zach Moss and in, in a good number of games even had more touches than, than Singletary had. So you really have to figure that out. And then as far as your offensive line is concerned, I mean, if you're measuring, if your measuring stick is Kansas city, you know, you were unable to handle the Kansas City blitz, which, you know, essentially it was what, you know, brought Kansas, brought Buffalo down against Kansas City. So those are the two areas. But on the flip side of that, you know, it's like Crimea River because outside of Kansas City, to me, this is the most feared offense in the, in the NFL. And I'll even throw Green Bay in there. Um, as far as throwing the ball, I think Josh Allen is just going to get better. And if you can get a running game behind him to become even more balanced, uh, I think even though his numbers may go down, the team overall will become more effective. And essentially that would even help your defense because your defense won't be on the field nearly as much either. Right. Yeah. The defense, it took a, it took a big hit this year. I think is statistically too, because the offense did so well, right? I mean, something's got to give when you're up by a lot of points, there's going to be categories that are going to drag you down. And part of that is just giving up trash yards at the end of a game when you're up 30, right. You know, so that's, it's going to naturally make your defense struggle a little bit, but like you just mentioned, we couldn't stop the blitz against Kansas city. And I also felt like we didn't get there as well. So the, the, the lines on both sides need addressing, but like you mentioned, Milano, I do feel like he's going to be out. Oh, uh, I was, I was, I was really hoping he might want to kind of like stick around on like a one year. Let's, let's give it one year. You came off the injury. You looked really good, but let's, let's do a one year deal. Let the cap go back up next year. And then we can give you the money that we should be able to give you. But I think he's just going to, take it right now. I mean, we watched it happen last year. Jordan Phillips left, you know, everybody that we said last year where they've earned the opportunity to go out and test free agency didn't come back. Right. So, I mean, and they've said that about Milano already. So I do feel though that this, this coaching staff is set up for stuff like this, the best that the bills have been in a very, very long time. Right. Like they're, they're okay with, okay, 
we'll make the move. We'll make the move. The other spot that I think we need to worry about a little bit is our cornerback depth. You know, at the CB2, I'd like to see somebody a little better there. But And I was saying for the longest time in agreement with you that uh, Zach Moss, I thought, was going to be the number one back before the end of the season, you know, when the season started, because he's. I feel like he's built more for what this team needs to be able to do when the snow starts flying. He's played, you know, played four years at Utah. He's used to playing in some cold. You know, he's. I felt like he was going to be the guy, and I still think he will be. But there, there needs to be another back. Somebody needs to be coming in. I've been kind of clamoring, like even like a Ingram might be just a nice little veteran piece to kind of bring in that can help develop and you know hopefully get these guys rolling. But I'm not sold on Singletary either at this point. He looked really good, uh, but a lot of the times he just looks like a flash in the pan to me. And we need more than that, you know, unless he's going to be the third down guy and that's it. Well, the other thing too you have to factor in is. Uh, the NFL cap minimum is going to go down because of, you know, basically right. because of COVID and, you know, you're not going to be able to spend 200 million bucks or I think it was 198 last year. It's going to be down to right around 188, $189 million. And, you know, so that money that you would normally use to, you know, keep, a, keep some of your, you know, your veterans, they're just not going to be able to, to do this year. And, you know, they're going to make a decision. It's like, okay, well, do we shore up our, our top linebacker spot or do we take that money and put it across the offensive line, which essentially would cost us a lot less money. Well, and especially when you got Josh Allen dollars coming up in your future, exactly you know, right. and you got Traymond Edmonds dollars coming up in your future. If you're going to let Milano walk out the door, you're telling me that you're hundred percent on Edmonds, right? Like you're, you have no question that he's going to get paid next year then, right? Yeah. Like, and you have to pay him and Josh in the same year, potentially which is going to be a, a very difficult challenge. So hopefully that number goes back up, right? Because if COVID goes away, you know, the NFL will generate more money, which should bring oh, them, the numbers well. and everything back up, right? Yeah. I'm sure as soon as the doors open full go, every stadium is going to be filled, you know, once we get out of this, right? And, you know, especially even some of the stadiums that are going to probably still have terrible teams like Jacksonville and places like that, you know, they're going to have a shiny new piece at quarterback potentially that people are still going to want to see. There's still going to be some fun stuff going on. But I know uh, we're coming up on it uh, almost an hour here. Uh, we're getting pretty close. So uh, I want to yeah, say thank you, Dana, for coming on. Die. Yeah, and uh, you've been up for hours already, so I'll let you get on with your life. I appreciate you coming on today and uh, chatting with me, yeah, giving us a little insight into things, uh, bringing three square to my attention, uh, you know, into now hopefully out to a bunch of other people's attention, you know, as we can kind of spread this around out there, hopefully. Yes. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, a bunch already. You guys will be able to find everything in the show notes and all that kind of stuff of how to get to everybody. Um, throughout the whole time here, uh, you know, you can find uh, Dana on Twitter there at Dana Lane Sports. You've seen it on the ticker if you've been watching. Um, also, if you want to get on board with what Dana's doing, um, you know, you can find him over at pickdogs.com. Um, you know, follow along with his action and what he's up to. Um, you know, you follow him on, you know, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll get connected to all the other stuff that he's doing, where he's writing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like I said, so Dana, thank you very much uh, for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, Hopefully uh, we'll catch up again in the future sometime. Uh, hopefully continued success. Hopefully for some success for me in the future. And, uh, of course, I got to end it with a, a go Bills. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Buffalo Nerd with Colt Schroeder. Before you go, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Find Colt on all social channels at the Buffalo Nerd and at thebuffalonerd.com.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save.